0: Hey everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone no matter what you're going through. thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, everybody? Welcome to You're Not Alone with Townsend. I'm a woman of my word. And if you listen to the episode with Justin Fields talking about deep brain stimulation and Parkinson's, you probably caught that he was going on the trip of a lifetime. And we said at the very end, we should circle back around when you are done, if you survive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's like the best, like the most you know, I had to make it sound good, Justin. I just had to, but in conclusion, he indeed did, did survive and he hit me up and he's like, Hey, so I'm still alive. When are we doing this thing? And I was like today, that's what's, that's what's happening. No, but all jokes aside. Okay. I want to kind of recap for the people one to trigger who you are, if they did listen to the episode or two, Introduce yourself if they did not hear the episode. So, who is Justin Fields for the people that didn't listen to the last episode? If you didn't listen, I mean, you're kind of behind, people. Go back and listen, but we'll yeah. we'll reintroduce just in case.
1: Yeah, for for those of you that um, aren't familiar, I'm Justin Fields. You should go and take a look at the last podcast that I was on with Townsend. All of her podcasts are absolutely fantastic, so there's no reason that you shouldn't have listened to every single one.
0: That's right. I like um, that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Most importantly, you know mine. Um, like, <laughs> um, I'm a 38 year old uh, Parkinson's. I don't want to say survivor, uh, but I'm 38 years old. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's whenever I was 31 years old. Um, in 2019, I had deep brain stimulation surgery. So that's how come you really don't see any tremors with me. I've uh, I've had my brain surveyed. They have recognized that it was there. I have photographic proof that it is there. And um yeah, I had deep brain stimulation surgery to correct some of the symptoms from Parkinson's disease that way I can live a more fulfilling life at a young age instead of having to take a ton of medications um So in August, I uh, went with the Michael J. Fox Foundation and eight other individuals to summit Mount Kilimanjaro to raise money for the Michael J. Fox Foundation and to more importantly raise awareness for Parkinson's disease and to, Uh, basically say, and one of the ladies I was on the trip with, um, you know, say, hey, don't don't pigeonhole us. Don't, you know, put us into the scrap heap that, you know, we're damaged goods. Like there were several of us on this trek that I think there were four of us on this trek that had Parkinson's disease and every single person made it. Um, So, yeah, don't don't let us in. We're we're here and we're out uh, making some headway. Definitely. So that's that's
0: who I am. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, no big deal. That that's who I am. No big deal. Uh just you know, climbing <laughs> mountains and not only mountains, like the highest freestanding mountain ever in the world. It's cool. Um yeah. <laughs> two things. I have two notes for you that I was super excited. I messaged you privately, but after your episode, I had like two or three people message interested in deep brain stimulation either because they went through it themselves or a loved one was going to go through it. And so they found your episode to be super um informational. They found a lot of information mm-hmm. in it and also inspirational, which is really cool. I was so excited to hear that. That's exactly what we're shooting for. So I wanted you to know that your episode specifically was super helpful for a lot of people. So that's amazing. We
1: love it. We loved it. Thank I you. Mean, isn't that so crazy?
0: Much. I know. It's so it. crazy.
1: It's insane, but it's it's why I do what I do. It's why I'm so open and I you know try to get on every single uh, you know podcast or show or news article that I possibly can to um, raise awareness for deep brain stimulation in particular because I feel that um over the past twenty to thirty years, medication has been such a huge uh, staple within uh, Parkinson's research within Parkinson's treatment that um, options such as deep brain stimulation really aren't um, really taken into consideration until it's far too late. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason I, I bring it up every chance that I can, because it, for me, it's been a lifesaver. Um, I've dropped a hundred pounds since I was, you know, diagnosed and like, I feel much better than I have ever felt like as an adult, except for my knees, you know, post hike. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you, uh, it there's, it's, it's done so well for me that I just have to continue to just kind of, you know, beat that drum like deep brain stimulation is something that people can do. It's something that people can do at a young age and still get back so much of their life. And that's what I try to focus on from a young onset standpoint is being able to maximize your, um, your functional years and the years that you, that you enjoy the most. Like a lot of people take this medication, they feel horrible, you know, through their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, um, So I'm definitely glad that I took that option. I'm glad that people are um, hearing the message and people are kind of, you know, showing more interest in it. It's a scary proposition to have, you know, holes drilled in your head. But at the same time, I would not have changed a single bit of it. um, You know, for, for anything, like if you can get through, you know, the minor inconveniences of, you know, two to three months, then you have a lifetime of happiness in front of you. So don't let that little that little bitty obstacle, don't let that little pebble, you know, stay in your shoe and prevent you from being able to walk any further on your path.
0: Love that. The coolest thing I got after your podcast was somebody reached out talking about how super inspirational and they had a lot of questions and were nervous and didn't know where to look. So the fact that we had a podcast on that specific topic really helped them feel better about it. And then post-surgery, they sent me a picture of (laughs) the patient in a Townsend t-shirt.
1: Yes. It a win-win. yeah win-win yeah isn't that Love so it. cool right that's awesome that's that's exactly i mean that's that's why your podcast is so phenomenal like it's just it's helping bridge those gaps with communication that people just they really don't have like you go on social media to try to find um like you try to find your group you try to find like your people and you try to find your message who you're going to be like especially with like instagram like you go on there you have your your favorites that you're following so you get down you know the meme rabbit hole and all that and I mean it's just it's such a phenomenal thing that you're doing to be able to um, you know reach a large group of people that typically wouldn't get this information so that's why I just I love it so much oh, and well, I thank love your so so like that
0: Thank you yeah oh absolutely I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations it truly means so much we've changed so many lives for the better and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Townsend T Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind the scenes patron only footage. Not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right. So each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend T Music, and let's continue changing lives. Okay, enough dilly-dallying. Let's get to what we really wanted to hear about. I, specifically, I'm blown away because I don't have Parkinson's. I'm a typically developing 30-something year old. We don't have to know my exact age, but I could not <laughs> climb Mount Kilimanjaro if you paid me. Like that sounds terrible. Okay, so tell us some facts about Mount Kilimanjaro. One, it's the highest freestanding mountain,
1: isn't it? It's terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, it's 19,341 feet high. It is the highest freestanding mountain in the world. Now there are other higher mountains, of course. You know, you everybody knows Mount Everest. There's K2. Um, there's several over in the Nepalese region. Um, but it's all part of, you know, that mountain chain. It's all part of the Himalayan mountain chain. So while all of those are taller, this, I mean, the roof of Africa just sticks up out of the Serengeti in the middle of the Sahara or, you know, just off the Sahara in the middle of the Serengeti. And it's just, it's just there. And it's yeah. so massive. And you just keep walking toward it and walking toward <laughs> it. It just. It's like eating a bowl full of spaghetti. Like you keep eating, yeah. but there's just more there. And it you continues keep to, to it.
0: reproduce. Yeah.
1: It's just like, well, why, why am I doing this? And that's what I thought on day one. It's like, why on earth am I doing this? this is <laughs> Who signed
0: eating. me up for this?
1: <laughs> I'm that... like, oh, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that idiot. So I'm uh, that guy. yeah, we Yeah. We're, we're there and did it, but yeah, it's the highest freestanding mountain in the world in um, Tanzania, um, and I, I I would like to bring up just probably one of the most like inspirational points of it for myself and one of the things that I got the most yeah. out of it. Um, Please do. were the port the porters and the guides. And I cannot tell you how just helpful they were and how inspirational they were. They were, you know, waking up every morning and they were singing to us. And every time we would come back to camp, they would be singing and dancing, and they just made it so uplifting. And they took the time to help every single person with Parkinson's on that trip. They made very specific to you know ensure that everybody was safe. And you don't realize how much work that these individuals put in. These yeah. humans are just second to none whenever it comes to how much they're carrying, the endurance that they have, the sincerity, the honesty, the just positivity that they're carrying. And yeah. it was just amazing. So I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without our reporters, our guides, We actually had our primary guide. His name is Abel, and his grandfather was the first guide to take a group up to Kilimanjaro and summit Kilimanjaro. So he was the first guide up the mountain. Wow! And since then, he he has summited 1,021 times. Oh my! So I'm like, I'm like, I've I've done this once, and that is way more than enough. You've done this (laughs) 1,020 more times than me. Wow! Holy wow. way,
0: That's amazing. So I bet they're in so incredible it, shape.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was just, it, it was just, you just, it's so difficult to imagine being in that good of shape. Like I'm right. sitting there like chugging, chugging liters of water, like ginger tea, everything that I can, like having the protein goose. Like I'm trying to be right. healthy and they're the guys sitting up 18,000 feet. Just yeah, no problem at all. They're just yeah. they're just up there drinking like a 20 ounce like Coca-Cola. And I'm like, yeah. This is, this is just it's so insane. Um, but yeah, like it, it was just the trip of a lifetime, like you said earlier. Um it was we actually summited it in seven days instead of eight. Uh so wow, we made it up okay. there quicker than anticipated, and all nine people that went up as a part of our group uh ended up making it. So we had an individual that was 19. She made it up and she was a rock star the entire way. Um, Betty Francis, love you to death, and she's she's been our fundraising all-star too. Um, okay. so gotta give her a call out for that. And That's then we it. had um we had Lucretia, who uh she's 67 years old, and she summited more more strongly than anybody. Um so It was just everybody that was there, I could not have asked for a better eight individuals to share this experience with. I left the country for the first time on my own and I came back with, you know, anywhere between like eight to 45 members of my family now. I've I've got plenty.
0: Okay, that's so cool. So how did they, was this trip literally just somebody got together and was like, you know what, this could really raise some good money and some good awareness for this cause. Like, was there a reason behind that mountain in particular?
1: Well, they have the uh, the Michael J. Fox Foundation does a series of endurance events um, okay. every year. So they have, you know, the, the all the marathons, they run in those. Um, they have individuals that do uh, triathlons. They have, you know, long distance bicycling. Um, and then they have frequent uh, trips that are hiking. They do Kilimanjaro quite annually um, almost. Okay. And I believe next year they're doing uh, Mount Whitney in the United States. So it's something that, that that Team Fox puts on annually to try to raise money for awareness and for funding, and to you know get that high impact research that provides you things like deep brain stimulation. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's all arranged by the Michael J. Fox Foundation. They have wonderful partners across the globe that um, help make things like this possible for individuals such as myself. Like. I mean, I'm, I'm just a guy in East Tennessee trying to get by and here, you know, the Michael J. Fox Foundation is providing me with, you know, avenues and outlets to get my story out there and to speak to individuals like you who are, you know, continuing to progress this story out to, you know, realize, hey, we're not all alone. Yeah. You know, we're not alone. So, you know, get out there and be happy. So I can, I couldn't thank them enough for this.
0: Yeah, but, and yeah. that's so cool. So would it, okay, so something we talked about on the last podcast was, that I thought was super interesting. We talked about your device that is, Mm -hmm. uh, you can basically turn it off or on, you can adjust it however is needed. And something you were talking about was you were having to learn how to adjust it as you needed it less, as your dopamine rise and as your levels kind of changed with exercise. How did that play out? Like you were talking about, if you had too much, leg would act funny. If you had too little, you could fall or whatever. All these concerns were on your head how did that go how did it end up going especially for four of Um, you you're all for like trying to tune in your devices lord mercy
1: i'm actually the only one that had the device everybody else was still um everybody else was still using medication okay so it was really like i was i was i was the guinea pig for this because um one thing they tell you like whenever you're getting the deep brain stimulation is okay like there's no more skydiving there's no more like Major like high altitude things, and I'm like, huh, we'll see how that goes. Wow. Um, because whenever you get into whenever you get into high altitude, um, batteries tend to drain a lot quicker. Okay. So, like, I was very cognizant about that. I um, trained myself at a lower setting on my deep brain stimulator. That way, whenever my dopamine levels started to get higher, I didn't have to do any adjusting. That way, I didn't have to worry about you know the battery for my DBS or the battery for my controller or anything like that. So. Actually, got some very interesting readings. I'm looking forward to telling my neurologist about. Which is, I was able to go up and be over 15,000 feet for three or four days, and I only lost like maybe three percent of my battery power overall. Wow. Okay. So it's just it's another thing. Like I've had my DBS for going on five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, the battery's still going very strong with it, and. That's that's another reason I wanted to go was to test it, to push the limits, to see what can be done with this deep brain stimulator. And I feel like I've went out and kind of, you know, a chewed a little bit on what they were saying about um, high altitude, because you can do it like it. It's like it's like eating responsibly. Do it or like eating horribly. Do it in moderation. Um, you know, you do all those horrible vices in moderation. Climbing is the same thing. Um, a
0: terrible thing who hikes. uh,
1: (laughs) So, um, yeah, I got some interesting things out of that and, you know, it, it gave me 10 days to just put everything in perspective and it was just, yeah, it was insane. Um, it's amazing. Okay.
0: Kind of, kind of, not, not to interrupt you, kind of to recap. In case Mm -hmm. they miss that, how do you, like you talk about your battery going down or wearing out, how do you charge it back up? Do you charge it back up?
1: I don't. I don't charge it back up. Um, There are two different types of batteries. You have your rechargeable and then you have your uh, fixed batteries. So mine was fixed. Basically, they say you have anywhere between five to seven years, your battery will start to lose its life. And then you start to have to like pick up on your medication after that. And then you go back. Uh, you go back into the uh, neurosurgeon, they put in a new, uh, basically, the pacemaker devices in my chest. And then they have rechargeable ones, which last anywhere to, like 10 to 20 years. But every time the charge gets low on it, you have to sit with the device around your neck to basically sit there and recharge your battery. And uh, for somebody that was looking to be more active um, throughout the day, like sitting there for 30 minutes to an hour every day just really wasn't palatable for myself. So I went with the uh, single charge and Hopefully I've still got a couple more years on it. Like I was super happy with how everything turned out post-trip.
0: I think that's super important for people to understand. Like you took a chance. Somebody's never they don't really know what happens. And you're like, you know what? I might come out of this needing a new battery. It's not like you can yeah. sit and charge yourself up. So that's really cool. I feel like that's important for people to know. Like you right. took a chance not knowing how much it would deplete it. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's it's I mean, that's all life is. It's it's a series of chances and you your life at at the end of your life, it is basically a representation of the chances that you took throughout your life. So I had that chance. I took it. It was in my favor this time. Um, so <laughs> it might not be the next time. Um, as the jackal on night one would prove, things could have went very sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a series of um chances. You just gotta take them, like take them responsibly, but you know, take your chances, figure out where you stand, and I wouldn't have traded a single bit of it for anything, because I taught myself a lot. Um, Like, just being able to take in the 10 and a half hours that it was on summit night, starting at 11, 11.30 p.m. the day before, and then going all the way to eight thirty, nine o'clock the next morning, it takes a lot of mental stress. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just, you're constantly in your head, you know, how many how many more miles do I have to go? How many you know, more feet of elevation do I have? How many more hours? And you're just having to, you know, continue to go through Do I want to quit? Do I want to risk it and keep going? And, you know, I just, I kept going and I had, you know, I think we ended up with, yeah, all eight people. And then there was a guide and a porter for each of the eight people on summit night. So, I mean, there were 15, 16 people cheering me on and yeah, it's just, it's an exercise in mental capacity. So it was definitely worth it. Take your chances, but, you know, make sure sure you're taking a calculated risk, (laughs) I should say.
0: (laughs) Be careful. Right. Okay. So it took you seven days to get up this 19 plus thousand foot high mountain. How many days does it take you to get down or do you just
1: like tuck and roll? (laughs) That's actually a really funny analogy. So it took us 10 hours, nine or 10 hours to get up from 15,000 feet, which was our base camp, Mm-hmm. Um, up to 19,341. And then it takes you two hours to get back down. Two. 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 Just because it's um, so steep. No, you're skiing all the way back down. <laughs> so try- it's on on the way up, it's a bunch of switchbacks. So you're just, you know, taking it slow. You're getting used to the altitude. On the way down, they're like, basically, they want you at 15,000 feet up to 19,341 and then back down to 13,000 feet within 24 hours. That way you don't get as sick. So that's the reason they pushed that is they want you back down as low as possible, as quick as possible. That way you're avoiding the acute altitude sickness. So uh, we got up, got, you know, got back down relatively quick. I think I've made it back down in two hours, but you're literally see like you have your walking poles and it's loose dust, dirt, gravel, um this away from the like switchback side so you're basically just like taking a step sliding and catching yourself with your poles and you're just skiing down the side of the mountain so we actually made it from 19341 back down to thirteen thousand in probably five hours maybe
0: wow that's crazy
1: yeah so that's it was cool. it was a very busy day um yeah. And you don't you don't realize how difficult it actually is until you're just like day one, you see Kilimanjaro off like 30, 40 miles away and it just looks massive. You're like, I have no idea how I'm gonna do that. And then you realize you have 30 to 40 more miles of walking. You have that elevation game. You have to do it every single day. And that doesn't even include things like Bronco Wall, where you're going straight up a thousand feet, you know, porters are. Falling 20 to 30 feet, breaking their leg, and you're seeing them get taken down on a gurney. That happened. We saw three people get helicoptered off the side of the mountain. Um, so, like, the safety aspect of it kind of hits at that point. And you're like, oh, well, I am stupid. This is so in- <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I um, signed up
0: for this.
1: <laughs> so, like, you're just sitting there, like, basically dangling from the side of a mountain. You're just like, oh, this was ill-advised, but, hey, this is pretty cool. and the like, for and The Bronco Wall Day, that was actually the quickest day for me because you're just so amped up. It's like, okay, one missed step. I'm dead. Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. You blacked out so that you could do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did the same thing on Summit night too. So like you just don't realize just how tedious it's going to be. You don't realize just like how much you're going to value your sleep, how much you're going to value those three meals a day that you're going to be eating. You got to pack in the protein at the lower elevations that way. Whenever you get up higher and you're not as hungry, you're still burning off the calories that you had from down low, too. So that was kind of an interesting aspect of it. Like it was, it took everything in me on the last night to just eat like one of the protein like gel packs. Like it was just so difficult to even just like try to swallow just because of everything that's involved with being at that high of an altitude and just being that tired.
0: Wow. That is wild. Okay. It
1: was crazy. Okay. It was crazy. It was fun though.
0: So for people that are just listening and not watching, you've got arms full of tattoos. Please tell me there's going to be something <laughs> representing this trip, right?
1: There will be. I, there's gotta gotta be. I actually have to be. I've, I've got to have my uh my tattoo artist is actually drawing it out right now. Okay. So that was I did that, I did that week one after getting back. So I'm probably just gonna have one like actually it's probably gonna go right here. Like I'm just yeah. gonna have like the mountain and Um, Something symbolizing the trip on that, so absolutely, yeah. There, there will be, there will be a tattoo for it. I've just got to, you know, find a spot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's memorable enough to remember forever. Like you remember that one time I, you know, climbed
1: the world. We, um, actually, Joe in our group, she's printing off a bunch of stickers, and I'm going to put it on the back of my car, and they all say, um, "I like to pee outside." That's funny.
0: Yes, (laughs) I like Joe. She sounds fun.
1: Oh, Joe's Joe's phenomenal. I need to have I need you need to have her on your show too. She is just she's a hoot and a half. She's a great person. Um, all of them are, especially yeah, all of them are like the the Killing Nine is we're calling ourselves. Like you would have fantastic interviews with any of them. Like they're just so many inspirational people, and you know, getting to hear their stories and their personal backgrounds, and you know, being on the side of the mountain with these uh, these individuals for seven eight days and. Getting to share this life experience, it, it was it was the best. And we're going to continue fundraising together. We're going to continue, you know, traveling together. We have um, we're going to have a reunion next year um, on the day that we actually summited. So we're all going to get back together. We're doing a small reunion trip. Hopefully, all of us can make it. But we're going to do one down in Disney in January for the uh, 10K that the Michael J. Fox Foundation is also going to be um, having fundraisers do. So I'll be doing the 10K in January with hopefully you know, my my entire Kelly killing 9 So hopefully that's going to be a thing. And yeah, it's just it's and it kind of goes back to the testing of um your your podcast, you know, we're not alone. Like no matter how alone I can feel in my own situation, like I went out, did my thing, and I have you know eight new members of my family that are stateside. And you know, we're just sitting here loving it. We're going back and forth on our WhatsApp messages. We're trying to figure out how to You know, best help the porters that were with us on the trip because, you know, we're not going to just go to Kilimanjaro and then, you know, come back and forget about the porters. We're going to continue to send help over there as much as we can, send some, you know, cash for them to go through guide school because several of them are aspiring guides. So you have to go through school for that. We're going to try to get some um, English lessons for some of the others who want to be guides. And send over as you know many supplies as we possibly can. That way they can all make it up and you know continue their lives safely because I think that's very that's very important for all of us. So um yeah, they they spent the better part of a week making sure I was safe and making sure that you know my life wasn't in jeopardy. So I have a lifetime of repayment for the 30 plus individuals that were on that trip. So I'm gonna keep sending over, you know, as much support as we can and hopefully. Hopefully um, they'll be in a better situation because we were able to yeah. go out and, oh, you know, do this trip.
0: That's so cool. I love it. You know, somebody, um, one of my friends talked about they went on a trip in Africa. And, I mean, they were in the woods in the middle of the night. And so they popped their tent up. And they were sleeping, and she kept hearing, like, things crawling through the woods. But they talked about, I guess they'd be called porters or guides. They sit on the outside of your tent, and they just wait. And they have guns or arrows or whatever. And they stay awake all night so that you can then sleep and have a safe night. And you don't realize, like, yeah. how amazing that is. People put their self in harm's way to protect
1: you. Yeah, we had we had two security, uh, security porters that were with us that was their only job was to um help carry some items and they they stayed up all night to guard our campsite guard our you know six seven eight tents how many ever we had and that was their job and then you had your you know your porters who were cooking all of the meals like we had we had three meals a day um we had we were lucky we had like um not porta potties but they were like porta tents yeah um so we actually had like a little um you know, a little toilet on the side of the mountain. And, you know, we had somebody that took care of that for us. We, I mean, they they took care of us hundred percent. Like we, the tents were pretty small, but um, I mean, we, we had the best care while we were there and that was all because of Abel and the um, respect that he had gained on the side of the mountain through all of his years. And, Um, he had the best staff, the best guys. We had January, Christian and Matthew, all of them were absolutely fantastic all the way down to, you know, our, our security guys. Like the entire staff is just amazing. And I can't wait to send over, you know, more supplies to them that way they can, they can make it back up. Because one thing that we learned was, um, there, there were some people that they didn't even have sleeping bags. Like, I'm sitting there in my zero degree mummy bag and yep. there were there were porters and guides. Um I think it was a porter that um basically slept under a um like a basically like a kitchen table, like a mat that goes on the kitchen table. Um so she slept in between two other porters, like under under that mat. And wow. that's that's how she went on her first trip. So Ooh. like you just you don't you don't realize like just how much they need to sub. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's kind of my high tangent. Last time it was, uh, you know, take your shopping cart back to the stall.
0: <laughs> that's this right. Time
1: this time it's help your porters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last time is almost kind of like first world problems. This time it's like, yeah, let's, we're pretty spoiled rotten is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I had 100%. those moments and they're the best moments, like literally something random, like you know, your shoe will be uncomfortable. And I have that moment of, at least I have shoes every day, you know, something random. Yeah. And so people don't think about that. I love that. I love that. So always, I always want to know where people are headed next. And I think you said your marathon, is that what your next adventure is going to be?
1: Oh, it's going to be just a 10 K. Um, just like I'm i 10- I'm, still, yeah. I'm still, battling some, still battling some knee problems. Um, yeah. Got an appointment next week to figure out what's going on with uh, some further things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just trying to take care of that, uh, get the, get the 10 K knocked out in January and we'll see where next year goes. I actually, okay. uh, volunteered for team Fox to go back next year, um, to Kilimanjaro and just kind of act as a, like on the ground, like liaison for the organization. Ooh. So hopefully that'll come to fruition because I feel like, um, myself having Parkinson's disease and if other individuals go on this trip that have Parkinson's. If I'm there in the camp to kind of, you know, just help out, you know, check, you know, check on them, see how they're doing, see how their symptoms are doing, because I'll have a you know pretty keen eye on symptom checking, you know, see how everybody's doing and kind of give them a brief on, you know, what to expect the next day that, you know, that that might actually be helpful to the organization. So hopefully I'll actually be going back next year. We'll see. I don't know if I'll make it back to the summit, but I think it would be very beneficial for me to at least be in camp. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how I mean, that goes. either way,
0: I think that's life changing. Even just being there as like a, little, a guide of some sort, I think that's pretty cool and admirable. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll be the maybe one of the first people with Parkinson's to summit twice. Hey, there you go. That's too
0: cool. It is almost like all jokes aside. I know we're kind of kidding, but it almost sounds like they could use the numbers that you found and the research that you found in some sort of research for the future, since they don't yeah. know much about, you know, going up that high with. Your deep brain stimulation, and everything—that's pretty amazing. It's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they get some, um, they get some good information about it, and it helps people out in the future. Because that's that's my primary goal with all this—is to just make sure there's another generation behind me that has benefited from me having this just absolutely horrible disease. Um, so if I can take, you know, my negative and make it a positive for somebody else, that's that's all I can ask for. And I think that's all anybody can ask for
0: absolutely how cool i love it so much thank you so much for hopping on here and just filling oh, us in basically me. i just need to know that you made it out alive, that you made it back
1: <laughs> yeah yeah made it back alive and i you know anytime you wanted to chat i i have a laundry list of things i can talk about so um yeah i've, I've loved being on the two times that i've been on and i hope there's plenty of more as i continue to do more stupid things
0: <laughs> we'll have to do a check-in <laughs> after your marathon you said just a marathon. And I'm like, I can barely run to my trash can without getting out of breath. So um, I love it so much. Thank you so much, Justin. It has been such a pleasure. We'll be in touch. That's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, reach out anytime and I'll. if I'm doing something stupid or just want to say, hey, I'll, I'll reach back out to you.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. If you didn't listen to the first episode Go back and find the episode with Justin talking about deep brain stimulation. If you want to hear the extra questions we're going to be doing for Patreons, log on to patreon.com slash If not, we'll see you next week.
1: If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash music And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at Music YouTube.
0: Okay guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark and Go Realty is located in the Benton Bryant, Arkansas area. They're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area, and I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use, fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co. Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services, including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you.